David Duke, top of the arc. Here's Pip, guarded by Gillespie. Steps back. Spins! Fires! David Duke, down by three. Five seconds, Reeves for the tie. He got it! Welcome back to WWM 91.3 PC Radio. This is Behind the Dish. I'm Ben Bellotti. I'm here with my co-host Rob. Rob, how are you doing this morning? Very good. Very good. Coming off a nice Friars win last night. Oh, yeah. It was a great win for the Friars. Something really fun game to watch. A little stressful at times, but it's a good game. Oh, it was uh, it was stressful, especially early, but uh, <coughs> eventually they finally put their foot down and uh, we saw some real fries hoops in the second half there. Oh, yeah. They they ended up playing a great game and coming out with a great total win. Uh, Alpha, another great game for him. Yeah, so um, Alpha, he, he's... That's his third in a row. Something something clicked at St. John's. I don't know what it, what happened, but uh, he's he is now the player that everybody thought he was going to be coming into the year. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, the Friars went into Georgetown last night, won by double digits. Um, Georgetown. That's a, that's a big win. Not only uh, not only because Providence needed needed a win desperately again. I mean another one. But because Georgetown's a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, they were ranked in the net rankings, uh, 40, 45, 46, somewhere in there. And uh, so that'll go a long way in Providence's uh, tournament resume, really bolstering that. Yeah, the 73-63 the to 63 win was definitely huge for them. Like we said, Alpha another great game with 18 points. He had eight rebounds. Uh, Pipkins had another great game himself with 16 points. And then... Uh, Malik, Malik White and Khalif Young really, really did their part yeah. in that game to do both yeah. with eleven Malik, points. They both. Uh, well, Khalif has been playing really well in my he opinion. Really re- lately, uh, he really has. Lately, even if it hasn't been showing up, it did show up in the stat sheet yesterday with eleven points and nine rebounds. But uh, I think that over over the past month, he's been playing just great basketball, doing everything that uh, that we could ask of him. It's kind of had an impact on uh, Nate's minutes. It feels like he's been in the mid to low teens for the past, I don't know, five, six games. Yeah. Which isn't, uh, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to win. And uh, it's not like he's he's not playing because he's not playing well. He had a couple big plays in the post yesterday. He had six points in, in only 15 minutes. So, I mean, when he was in there, he played well. Yeah, when he's playing, he's getting the job done for sure. Yeah, um, David. David was the only player who uh, who really did not play well yesterday. I think he had zero points. I think that's the first time he was held scoreless all year. Um, he, he played twenty four minutes, which is probably pretty low. But uh, part of that's because, like you said, Malik played so well. Right. Um, so we'll see. It's it shows a lot about the team that when David, who's been the best player all year, but looks like that might be turning back toward Alpha. Alpha. Um, but David, even even so, he's still the second best player on the team. Uh, it shows a lot about the team saying that we can go on the road, win by ten, with him not even showing oh, yeah. up. Yeah, and um, it, you know where David really picks up on where David normally performs on defense. Alpha really picked it up last game, and um, he. I mean, obviously, he's always had a lot of rebounds, been great rebounds, but he even was you know blocking guys out there. You know, just really picking it up where David normally 
does all that. Alpha filled it in perfectly. Yeah, for sure. And even even guys like uh, Emmett Holt stepped up last night and played. He played 19 minutes. That's the most he's played in the past two months, to be yeah. honest. He played a lot in non-conference play, but as Ed kind of found the uh, found the roles for guys on the team, he was he was the one who kind of got uh, got moved down to the end of the bench. But 19 minutes, that's a big run for him, and uh, he was in there for the majority of the. Our run in the second half, yeah, and we I mean, uh, that second, kind of put him away. That second half, uh, Coach Cooley stuck with his lineup for a long time. Yeah, he, and it wasn't, really it wasn't so one guys. that you would think. No, either. it wasn't the normal Friars lineup. Emmett, Malik, and Pipkins, and right. then uh, Alpha, Alpha and, and Khalif. Khalif. Yeah, yeah. So not not the everyday Friars lineup, but they were playing great out there. Um, yeah, at one great. point when they they panned to the bench after Pipkins three, and I see David, AJ, Nate, and. Uh, I think it was Greg celebrating, and I was like, "That you just you wouldn't think that we're on a run, and we got those guys sitting over there." But I mean, that's a that's a good thing, though. I mean, it, it just is. shows how deep we are yep. and how how well we can play with these guys that were normally bench guys throughout the whole season, but they they're capable of being starters in the in the Big East. Yeah, exactly. So pro- with that win, Providence takes over solo fourth place in the Big East now. Um, at eight and six, the only teams ahead of them. Seton Hall, top 20 in the country. Creighton, top 20 in the country. And Villanova, top 20. Yeah. So that says that says about all you need to know about this team. They have as much talent as uh, as you could possibly hope for. Um, they have – so they're ahead of Marquette and Butler, who are also ranked teams, which is incredible to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, what, it, what it comes down to there is just how, unfortunately, poorly we played – in the the non-league play we we just lost the games that we probably should have won and we we did win the games that we should have won too but a lot of those games that we lost were games that you know college of charleston long beach just games that we should have been putting teams in their place and we just didn't so that ultimately is why we're not a lock in either a ranked team or in this tournament yeah no i if we did if we took care i mean those teams below us marquette and butler they are they took care of business in yeah. the non-conference play, and they're they're already a lock for the tournament, and we're ahead of them in conference play. Right. So, so it's a little frustrating, but this, we put ourselves in that hole, you know. Yeah, we we put ourselves there, and we're we're trying to dig ourselves out of it, and we've been doing a great job of it these past couple games, especially, you know, with Seton Hall, and now another win against Georgetown. Um, you know, really, just it's been a stretch of great Friars basketball, aside from St. John's, but I mean. We can just kind of push it out there and get that out of the picture, and we've been playing absolutely out of our minds. Yeah, I mean, so we got we got four games left, and I figure that a uh, four games left, three and one would be incredible for us. Um, oh yeah, even two and two, I don't know if that would get the job done. I think three and one, three and one, we'd be sitting in real good shape yeah, going into we, the I Big think, East. Tournament. I think we definitely have to to take the W against Marquette this Saturday. Yep. At home. That, that would be huge yeah. for us. So Marquette's ranked 19, Nova, and then we go on the road to Villanova, who's ranked 12. Right. So, so we the, get two those, top 25 opponents coming up. If we up can next take year. both of those games, we'd put ourselves in a great position. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be incredible. But even even if we split those, we got to get at least one of the next two, yeah. and then we got to take That's care of business. That's for sure. That's for sure. On the home court against two of the not. Two of the uh, lower half teams in the Big East, in DePaul and Xavier, mm-hmm. to finish out the season uh, on the home court. So assuming you take care of those, you got to get 
one of the next two over right. Marquette like, I mean, or like, Nova. Like you say, ideally you go well, ideally you go four and zero, but yeah. what we're hoping for is three and one. That would put us in an absolute great situation, and you're hoping that one of those, or if not both, is a Villanova and Marquette win out of those two ranked teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, win against them. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, you look at the, you look at the, um, at Saturday's game. It's at the dunk. Noon. And with with the way that this team is trending, you imagine that yeah, it might not have the the uh, Seton Hall or Villanova no, headline, but, but it's it's, 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 it's going to be it's, it's going to be rocking. Marquette yeah. PC is good basketball, and these fans are you know they're hot off a Seton Hall win at the dunk. They're going to be expecting more of that. There's already um, posts being sent around Instagram and all social media saying for the fans to be there dressed in the beach theme. So I saw that. It's going to be. I, I think I think the fans closet. are really gonna. <laughs> 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 I think the fans are really gonna show up for that one, um, even though it's not a huge headline game. I mean, it is still it like is, we said, yeah. it's still a big game, but not. I just I feel like Marquette doesn't get the national attention no. that Seton Hall or Villanova but, get. But that doesn't mean they they're should. not a good team. They're, they're right they're there. They're with a great them. team. They're right there. Right. Right there. And but yeah, I don't think uh, noon Saturday game is. I mean, that might have a little effect on who shows up. For, for the most part, I think it's going to be a packed dunk once again especially with the way we've been playing. I mean, you're going to always have those alumni that return and the season ticket holders, but in terms of students, I think they're ready to watch their Friars take down another ranked team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a good time to be in Friartown. That's uh that's all I'm going to say. But so let's uh let's look back at the uh predictions from yeah. from last night's game. I know you're happy about this one. And then we'll uh and then we'll give our predictions for Marquette. All right. So <laughs> Like I said, the final score for last night's game was 73 or 73-63 Friars. Mm-hmm. And so my prediction was 74-63 Friars. Yeah, pretty dang. Within close. 1 pretty point, I was close. 1 point off of the total score. And then we all we we all pick our who so not only do we pick a score, we also pick the uh outstanding player. Outstanding player who of course I picked correctly in alpha. Which was a very smart pick by you, in my yes, head. Yes, So I, I was incredible yesterday. That it's almost <laughs> impossible to do what I did, and uh, I yep. did it. Extremely close with that seventy-four to sixty-three, almost down to the exact score. You obviously got the player right. Um, yeah. So I, I was seventy-eight to sixty-nine. So not Which too not, not far too off bad. The score, I mean, you were within within six of each team. Yeah, I, I picked Reeves to be the most outstanding player. So I. I I wasn't. I was pretty far off there. I mean, he didn't play bad. He had he had six points in fifteen minutes. But you know, he I just he he had, wasn't the three machine yeah. that he's capable of being. Yeah, when you when you pick him to be the best player, you're you're just hoping that he catches fire, exactly. which he could at any exactly. any point. Right. Um, but yeah, so I had a uh, I had probably the best prediction that will ever happen on this show. <laughs> um, for last night's big win over Georgetown. So let's look ahead at Marquette on Saturday. Right, this Saturday at noon, playing so, at home. Yeah, so it's going to be a tough one. Marquette, uh, Marquette. I mean, they've dropped their last two games, uh, both against Villanova and Creighton. So not the, not easy games for them by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, their their schedule has been similar to ours recently, and we've had the the better record as of recent. 
So. Yeah, Marquette. Um, so this game, this game is actually on uh, Fox. So final, a nationally televised game for the Friars. Right. Not not, not Fox FS1, Sports One. Yeah, we got Fox. actual Fox. I so, mean, PC PC Marquette's a very underrated rivalry. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it goes way back. Both teams are from the original Big East, so they've been, they've been playing forever. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So for my my prediction for the game is I'm gonna take the Friars, of course. Of course. Um, I'm gonna take Alpha as the best player. I'm not. I'm gonna stick with that. And then we're gonna go with uh, Friars seventy two, Marquette sixty eight. Nice. Fries by four. Pretty pretty similar to your uh, to your last pick, I might say. Yeah, no, I feel like the Friars <laughs> games are they're all right yeah, in that no, uh, they, right in that recently zone. Recently they have been recently. Low seventies, maybe they hold their opponent to the six, high sixties and we um, um, move on with the win. I think this is gonna be a close game. I think Marquette's gonna look to capitalize on what appears to be which certainly isn't the fact, but what appears to be one of the, the lower Lower teams in this Big East, they're gonna come in thinking like that. I think they're gonna play hard and you know put up a tough fight for these Friars. But I ultimately think the Friars are gonna come out with the win. Um, let's go seventy-four to seventy, and then we're gonna have. I, I think David. David's gonna David. show up. Okay, yep, David. I like that. I mean, he he was so quiet the other night. And the one thing I'll say about that, Marquette's guards are. Uh, they're small, so I do like that pick with David. I feel like he he's a big guard, so he might be able to do some work uh, yeah. against the smaller guards. And I mean, head. it's just you look at the past games; it's just his time to break out. Yeah, it is. You're right. He he hasn't had an outstanding game in, in quite some time. He's been playing really well, but I mean, you, I think this game Saturday is going to be the game where he, you know it pops. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I do. Yeah. So there's there's your Friars uh, Friars basketball update. Pretty good stuff uh, on the horizon for the Friars. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Uh, should be a fun next couple of weeks for this team. We'll see how they play. Yeah, we're look, definitely looking forward to it. Can't. Let's move on real quick. We got some Red Sox news. Some some interesting news. Some some sad news. I know. I know. It's real really sad, so. especially for you. Um, let's start with that news. We'll move on to happier things after. But first off, gotta mention it. Gotta gotta take some time in the show to talk about it. Um, the Red Sox and Brock Holt are no longer together. Brock Holt signed a contract with the Milwaukee Brewers earlier this week, a, a one-year deal with a team option for a second year. So uh, earlier in the show, uh, probably our first show, I was talking about, you know, it's time for Brock Holt to get signed. This is a great utility player out there that, you know, a team really could pick up. And I was hoping deep down over Red Sox, probably knowing it wasn't, but now it, it happened and it's it's true. He's he's not going to be a Red Sox anymore. He's going to be a Milwaukee Brewer, which honestly is a great is a great fit for him. I mean, that team prides themselves on uh, versatile guys, which Brock Holt is like probably the founder of a super utility player himself. So definitely a great fit for that team. He's, there's a lot of fun guys on that team for him. But the sad part is that he's leaving Boston, and Boston was a place that he just absolutely loved and adored. I mean, this is a guy that um, drafted by the Pirates, I believe, for early career with the Pirates one year, then traded from the Pirates to the Red Sox spent a little bit in the minors but then seven years up with the big league team 
whether he was a bench player or I know he was our leadoff hitter at one point. He had us a ton of big moments, two cycles with the Red Sox, the only postseason cycle in history, um, two years ago against the Yankees and the ALCS, uh, DS, ALDS, excuse me. Um, he he brings a smile to everyone's face. He plays loose. You know, he's he was best friends with Andrew Benintendi, Jaden Martinez. They're always joking around in the clubhouse and out on the field. He just was a he was a fun guy to he was he showed that you know baseball is that game when you're supposed to have fun to play it. And aside from all the great moments and and everything that you know Boston fans ate up, whether it was like this clutch pinch hits and um, like the cycles, the great defensive plays, no matter where in the field he was. Uh, he also was just a great member of the Boston community. I mean, this is a guy that you know didn't get too much recognition until for what he did for the community, except for last year. He was nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award, but aside from that, no, it was really only like a couple social media posts. But this is a guy that was you know ton of work for the Jimmy Fund. Um, Dana Farber, he was with. He, he was always in the hospital uh, with kids, just you know talking to them brightening their day a little bit the same smile and energy he brought onto the field he brought with him into these hospitals and into the wherever he was doing charity work he was just a, a outstanding member of the community and boston will miss that I, I you have to assume and that he's going to pick that up in milwaukee or wherever he ends up after milwaukee but that's just a part of boston that is going to be missing now and you i'm definitely going to miss it for myself and i know a lot of the other red sox fans are going to miss it but, you know, Brock Holt, just so many great things. But the standout thing, aside from, you know, World Series champion and all that, well, one of my favorite Brock Holt moments, it was 2013, 14 maybe, there was uh, Johnny Gomes was in, you know, noted not great outfielder, was in left field. Brock Holt was playing center. And, you know, it, the Gomes loses the ball in the lights. And all of a sudden, you, from nowhere, Brock Holt just comes in and dives. That's just something that <laughs> sticks out of my mind. It was an awesome play, something that, you know, Brock Holt really started to shine from there. It's uh, when he really celebrated. And, you know, I don't know. This is just the guy that, a great glue guy, clubhouse guy that got the team going. And there was a lot of uh, clips from his interview yesterday with the Brewers that where he talked about not wanting to leave Boston and how tough it was to leave. And then he also talked about, you know, his first day with the Brewers. But the, the sad part, you know, he, he never thought he was going to play for another team after he put on that Boston uniform. He, he just was such a great fit for them. And it was a harsh reality for him to face and for all of Red Sox Nation to face, but he's no longer going to be with the Sox, so... No. I know, uh, I know that, I know that you're, you're pretty sad about it. Oh, yeah, he, he's a fan favorite, so... No, he anytime, is. I mean, he's also a great player, not nowhere near the level of Mookie Betts was, but, I mean, it's a guy that... You know, his role was important, whether it was on the field or, you know, keeping the guys loose and everything. He's, he's just someone that you really want to have on your team. Yeah, no, the way, the, the way I kind of look at it is uh, it's, it's almost like as if the, um, if the Patriots lost Julian Edelman. I think that what Edelman is to New England and the Patriots yeah. is kind of like Brock Holt to the yeah. Red Sox in New England. Right. So it, it definitely sucks, but... Uh, Hopefully, I, I wish him the best in Milwaukee, oh, ultimately. 100%. I'm Brewers, um, I'm in your corner now because I want to see Holt exceed. Yeah, succeed. They, they should have a decent um, a decent chance, though, right? Yeah, I mean, they're they're not a bad team. They, they lost some guys, but they also they brought some guys in, made a couple trades. So I don't think they're at the level they were 
um, a couple of years ago, but they're, they're still definitely a wild card team, if not competing for second, even even for the division if they catch fire. But do you see him playing kind of the uh, same role over there that yeah, he did in Boston? I think he should get a little more playing time. I think if he was in Boston this year, he could play almost every day. But um, up in Milwaukee. You know, they have a couple utility guys, so I think he's going to play a little bit of everywhere. Kind of the same thing he's done with Boston, just maybe a little more playing time than he had in years past. So, Good, good, good. So, uh, uh, In other news, uh, Red Sox have signed Jonathan Lucroy, um, former all-star catcher, uh, former brewer, angel, athletic. He's, he's bounced all over since being an all-star. But uh, Jonathan Lucroy, the catcher, um, I personally love this signing, even though it's only a minor league signing. And it was reported he's a non-roster invite in spring training, but you have to imagine that uh, Jonathan Lucroy is going to make the big league club because the other catcher we have, we literally just signed out of nowhere. No one, no, I don't even remember his name. So you have to assume that a veteran guy like Lucroy, who works really well with the pitching staff, especially with this you know not-so-certain Red Sox staff, you have to assume that he would make the big league club uh, – I think this move is great, not only because it gives you a, a pretty solid backstop behind there uh, when Vasquez needs a day off, but because, like I said, he's a veteran guy. He knows how to work with the pitching staff. So he's going to mold this younger rotation and hopefully give them some insight on how to succeed in the big leagues. So I really like that signing. I think he's a – we'll see how he fits in with Boston culture, but I, I see it as a great, it's a great move, uh, especially after, you know, trading away Sandy Leon to the Indians. This is a guy that kind of takes his place, and definitely a great move for the Sox. Yeah, so you, you pretty much see him being a guy who could come in and uh, give Vasquez a day when he needs one. Yeah, uh, he, I'm sure Vasquez will get the majority of playing time, but Luke Roy, definitely a still serviceable catcher. Um, yeah, so that's a good signing. Uh, last thing in Red Sox talk. So... Before we traded Mookie Betts, they were talking about maybe dealing him to the Padres and we'd get Will Myers, you know, kind of like a huge salary dump in exchange for another little salary dump. But the Padres are still willing to move Will Myers and they're looking at Red Sox for options. So at first glance, I didn't like this move at all. Will Myers on the back end of his career, at least offensively wise he hasn't performed well in a couple of years but he has the potential to but uh he's on like a 60 million dollar deal and the Padres are really looking to get away from that and shed some payroll so they can move forward in other ways and kind of move on from Will Myers so the Sox would be willing to take that on if they can get some high prospects uh so we're interested in pitcher Cal Quantrill he's a top pitcher in their system um, Luis Campusano, the catcher, Gabriel Arias. Now, we wouldn't get all those guys, but one or two of them possibly. It's unclear what the Red Sox would be, would, would be, would be trading to them, but it has been a, a talks that it might be a three-team deal involving the Reds maybe because the, the Padres are looking for another young guy like uh, Nick Snezel from the Reds, center fielder, second baseman. You know, he can play either way. They're looking for a guy like that, so... Basically, they just be kind of a similar deal to the Dodgers Twins Red Sox deal, except just lower end guys. So, I don't know if it happens. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm not crazy about getting Will Myers, but if it means rebuilding the farm system for the Red Sox, I think it would be a great move. 
especially in a season like this where you know you don't have too much to look forward to you're not expecting too much out of these guys so if you're gonna have a lower end season and it could help you out in a couple seasons I, I would definitely do this move so yeah like I said it's reported that it could be a three-team deal either with the the Reds maybe the Indians it, it's still unclear but just know that there's talks out there Good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that there's some uh, some positive news in your mind about the Red Sox. Um, yeah. I know it has not been a good couple weeks. No, it, it's been a tough off season, <laughs> but, you know, spring training getting started up, you've gotten a little more excited. You know, of course, it was media day yesterday, so all the guys are looking happy. Yep. Um, it's, it's, you're kind of, like, days like that, if you do pay attention to it, you're reminded that there's still a lot of likable guys on this team. There's still a lot of favorite guys on this yeah, team. that's and what Xander, I was just going to say. Xander Bogarts is still there. Raphael Devers. Uh, Mitch Moreland resigned. Um, Still got JBJ, JBJ, Andrew Benintendi, yeah. Chris Sale. Hopefully, you yeah. know, big bounce back. We could be not even talking about losing Mookie. I'm, I'm sure we will, but you know, it, it's got a lot of. They've got more potential than people are giving they them credit. Do. They do. I mean, you lose someone like Mookie, of course. That's what everybody's going to focus on. Right. Exactly. These guys. Uh, I mean, they're all. They've all come into their own over the past couple of years, but almost in the shadow of Mookie for people outside of Boston. Right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they can do without. Yeah, I mean, Devers and Devers and Bogarts were top five MVP candidates last year. Yeah, they don't get enough credit for that because one, the Red Sox were very subpar overall last year, and you know, like you said, they're in the shadow of Mookie. Exactly. So, so a good opportunity for some some of the guys to really really break out and go yeah, from I mean, so- stars to hopefully superstars. Right, and it was said last year that you know this team is Xander's team. And like he's like Mookie, he was just there. So no one really got to notice that. But for Red Sox fans, it was you know Xander's taking over. This is his team. Even if he's not as good as Mookie, he's taking over, taking that veteran role. So he's definitely going to capitalize on that this year and grow even more into the leader of this team. And hopefully, he can continue what he did last year because tremendous season for him last year. So him and Devers are going to really have to step it up even more, continue on the path they're on. And I honestly think their offense is going to be okay. It's just the pitching and relief pitching and just playing overall. Oh, got a call. So uh, let's uh, let's take that. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, this is uh, Pat from New Jersey. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? I'm good. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. I just want, you're talking baseball now. I just wanted to ask you something. I'm just reading the Jersey Star-Ledger mm-hmm. and Major League Baseball Commissioner, Mr. Manfred. Oh, yeah, Rob Manfred. Called the uh, World Series trophy a piece of metal. Yeah. What I, do you think of somebody running the, com- the league calling the World Series trophy a piece of metal? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I actually I actually saw saw this all over the internet and news apps and all of that. Um, it's definitely something that's kind of off putting. I mean, it's called the commissioner's trophy, and he just ref- he is the commissioner. He refers to it himself as a piece of metal. It, teams look at it as so much more than that, and he's since gone back on saying that and taken a lot of heat for it. So, I mean, it's just not. It's a bad look for him. It's it just shows that you know he's. I don't really think he's the right guy for this yeah. role. Um, yeah, he was under a lot of fire right after he said it, even from from the players themselves. Yeah, the so, players, uh, the players themselves are very upset about that, and 
that's probably the driving force and what made him issue an apology in, during his press conference. But. I know, but he said it. An apology is not going to wipe it out. No. I mean, it's, it's really sad after the scandal with the Astros, and now he's, because they're trying to say the Astros should be taken, the trophy should be taken away. And his answer was, it's only a piece of metal. Give me a break. Yeah, I, I don't agree with what he's saying. I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I believe the title should be taken away or not, or if the trophy should be taken away. I'm going back and forth behind it, but saying it's a piece of metal and just that's all, it's not going to cut it. It's, the scandal is too big for that. It's too, it's too severe, and he, he has to do more than just try and blow it off. I mean, I saw this article the other day. It's, you know, people still talk about the Chicago Black Sox. That was... A long time ago people still talk about the steroid era the fact that people think that this astro scandal is just gonna you know just go away it's not gonna happen it's been over over 15 years since the steroid era and people are still talking about it constantly so this is not something that's gonna go away it's something that has to be dealt with a little more I believe before you know it can ease the tension between everyone and people can move on well Thanks for taking my call, Ben. Uh, you're really knowledgeable about baseball, and I wish you all the well. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Enjoy. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you to all our callers. Anyone else who wants to call in, our number is 401-865-2091. Once again, that's 401-865-2091. Call in with any questions, comments, anything. We're talking all sports today. So, uh... Just real quick, uh, we were just talking about the Sox, and so, like I said, I think they got a lot of more potential than people think, give them credit for, so I'm looking forward to the season getting started, just not only for the Red Sox, but for all baseball. It's going to be an interesting year. A lot of moves happened in this in this offseason that went under the radar because of the scandal with the Astros, so I think once baseball starts, it's going to be a lot more exciting. We can finally start talking about something besides the Astros. I mean, who knows? Or I think I do know. The Astros, you know, they're going to be in fights all the time. They're going to be getting hit by pitches, so we probably won't move on from them too much, but hopefully just, you know, move on a little bit and start talking about real baseball instead of cheating. But So I think we're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we have some a little touch on college baseball, some issues with minor leagues, and then we're talking some NBA and even some Vanderbilt hoops. <laughs> <laughs> so you're listening to WWM 91.3 PC Radio. This is Behind the Dish. We will be right back. Welcome back to WWM 91.3 PC Radio. This is Behind the Dish. You're here with Ben Blotti and Robbie Cannon. Uh, we're back from our break. Before we wrap up the MLB talk, let's go into you know a little, little spring training to talk a little preview to the season. A little Sox player to watch. Something that I want to do, hopefully... Maybe every week if we have time for it, but definitely this week. So, Sox player to watch. This is going to be a guy that, you know, maybe he's under the radar. Maybe he's just someone that I'm excited to watch playing, that we're, we're excited to watch playing today. It's going to be a guy that I'm, one, really excited to see play at Fenway, and two, someone that, you know, might not be getting all the love that they probably deserve. This is a guy I'm talking about, Alex Verdugo. He came over in the Mookie Betts trade from the Dodgers. He's was under a lot of heat at first because, you know, one, he's not Mookie Betts, but two, it was kind of uncertain if he was fully healthy. Um, he's kind of childish in some people's eyes, stuff like that. But I, I, for one, 
am excited to see Verdugo play. He had a great season with the Dodgers last year, his first full season in the MLB. Uh, he played 106 games, hitting 294 with 14 home runs. On top of that, he played amazing defense. This is a guy that can pick up defensively right behind where Mookie Betts was. Not quite at the same level as Mookie Betts, but I know I had this take a while ago. I didn't say it out here on the show. But even without Mookie Betts, I think Red Sox have top top outfield in the MLB, top defensive outfield in the MLB. Still do. With Andrew Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., now they signed Kevin Pillar, um, and Alex Verdugo. These guys still, still top of the line top one maybe maybe you know if you have to top two but i still think these guys are right there top defensively but back to verdugo i'm really excited to see him he's he's a spark plug this guy he showed up to spring training with like 10 chains around his neck (laughs) (laughs) very you know he brings the swag around he brings that you know the younger younger mood to the camp he's not the youngest guy on the team but he, he definitely brings that energy that he is, and he brings the youthful back. He picks up, you know, hopefully he can pick up what Brock Holt left in types of energy. He, he's 23 years old, so same age as Devers, but, you know, he acts a little younger than Devers. He doesn't have a daughter like Devers does. Um, but top from that, he, he, he's a great average hitter. I think he can blossom into a guy with some power. He's going to hopefully keep up his average and he's always going to be a above average defender just this is a guy that i'm really excited to watch play uh like i said i know a lot of fans weren't too happy with the deal and a lot of fans weren't too happy with the health of alex Verdugo. he's a guy with some back issues it's not exactly certain how healthy he is but he's healthy enough to be at spring training he's been working out he might just lay low a little bit in the first couple weeks but he's gonna be hopefully and we're thinking he's going to be ready for opening day. So, I mean, he can probably be in the top, probably like six hole, if not maybe second hitter. Who knows? He's going to fit into the lineup pretty well. And I see him I see him performing very well. I, I don't think Boston, I don't think it's going to hurt his personality. I don't think it's going to, you know, a lot of players play, with, they don't play well with the pressure. He was in a big market with the Dodgers. He has a huge personality. He's already let that show just in the first couple of days of spring training. I don't think the Boston media or the Boston the guys, you know, they're hard on their own guys. I don't think that's going to get to him. It, he looks like someone that can push through it and just keep on with that smile on his face, with the swag he's got, those big, huge, shiny chains. He's he's going to come through, and he's going he's gonna to power through it all, and I think he's going to perform very well. Mm, so the, I got a couple things about him. So, uh, well, one, I hope that... Obviously, he was, uh, I guess, for Boston fans like you, uh, when you saw the Mookie trade, he was the guy that you kind of circled. Right. Um, so I hope I hope that, uh, obviously, he's not he's not Mookie Betts, like you no, said. No, no one is. So, by, by no means. So I just, uh, I hope that he's he is supposed to be the one to make that deal somewhat worth it. So hopefully he can live up to that. Right. Um, and when people are are judging him for what he's done. You, you can't compare him to Mookie Betts because that trade, we really, it was more of a salary dump than anything. Uh, do I think we could have gotten better guys if we absolutely tried? Yeah. But getting rid of David Price and Mookie Betts' contract was the main goal of that trade. So you really can't compare Alex Verdugo to Mookie Betts. And I know you weren't doing that, but I'm just saying for people yeah. looking at, looking at 
the Alex Verdugo's performance at the end of this year, throughout this year. He's not Mookie Betts. He's not anywhere close to Mookie Betts. No one really is except for, like, Mike Trout and Bellinger. Um, so you can't compare him to that. But that being said, like you're saying, yeah, he, he was the guy in the trade that, you know, kind of made it worth it. The other two prospects are going to be, you know, average players at best. That's what they're scouted to be. Hopefully they turn into something more. But Verdugo is, you know, a rising star. He's someone that he's a three-win player already. Hopefully you can get him to be above that. And just hope you want to see him continue to go. This is a guy that's only 23 years old. Like I said, last year was the first uh, season in the bigs, full season. So Yeah, so also so you said uh, you said he's, a, I guess, a fun guy. Yeah. A little... Maybe a little immature, maybe. Maybe, maybe. It's been it's been looked some fans think he's immature. There's been a couple articles and things written about that, but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Like he's only twenty three years old. Right. So you you don't see it being any problem in the, you don't see him being a problem in the locker room. No. I, I think I think he's a guy that plays with a lot of energy. Um he's from Mexico or no, he he is he has Mexican heritage. He's from Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean he he prides himself with uh, being Mexican, and he wears, you know, he was wearing the arm sleeves and all that with the Mexican flag on it. He plays with the same culture that they do down there, the same energy that they do down there. They love baseball there. They they play with a ton of energy, and he brings that. And I think that's something good for this team, especially losing Mookie and Brock. You're losing a lot of energy. You still got, like I said, Devers and Xander, but you know Xander's a pretty quiet guy. Doesn't play with a ton of energy. Just goes about his business. You kind of need someone to, to lighten the mood and to hype everyone all up. I think Verdugo is going to do a great job with that. Gotcha. Um, and then, am I reading this right, that he took number 99? Yeah, so originally <laughs> originally given number 12, and so that was when fans were pretty upset because that was Brock Holt's number, and then he switched to 99. No one really knows why, but I think it just adds to who he is as a character. He just... You know, Manny Ramirez was 99 with the Dodgers. He had big personality guy over there. I think, you know, 99 is just a big personality number. I think it just fits his personality. I don't think 12 was a <laughs> fitting number for a guy like him. Gotcha, gotcha. So then, um, so like you said, so we pretty much have four outfielders now that you add him and Pilar. Right. Um, so where you think that he'll he'll end up out in right, I would assume? Oh, uh, yeah, either right or center. What I've thought of is Jackie Bradley Jr. might move over to right field. That's where Mookie played, mainly because there's a ton of ground to cover. Uh, in Fenway Park, right field is actually bigger than center field. So you might see Jackie playing right at Fenway and then center at other parks. But I think Verdugo can definitely handle right field or center field. Bradley's definitely comfortable in center field. Been playing there for the past couple years now. So yeah, I think... I think he'll, originally they'll probably slot him at right. Maybe eventually they'll move him to center and have Bradley move over to right. But all three guys, the three starters, Benintendi, Bradley, and what we expect to be Verdugo, they're all capable of playing each position very well. Benintendi's played center field very well before. Um, Verdugo played center a couple times for the Dodgers. I think that was his main position, either center or right. Pretty sure it's center because uh, Cody Ballinger was manning right field over there. So all these guys have the capability of playing anywhere so if he's not comfortable right i'm sure ben Intendi or bradley would be perfectly fine with switching it up i mean these are guys with all plus arms and plus uh, defensive ability and just in general so got a lot of versatility on this red sox lineup that is yeah. a plus 
That is good. Um, yeah, so I mean, four, it, and it is good to have four uh, four outfielders, and they all can kind of play. Oh yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin Pilar hasn't always had the best hit tool, but he's they call him Superman. I mean, this guy makes incredible catchers. He's an incredible outfielder, and he even since getting to Boston, he's been interviewed, and he even was quoted saying that he tried to up his game once Bradley broke into the league and broke into the Gold Glove race because you know he wants to be like that top guy. So Bradley was motivating Kevin Pillar to be even better defensively. So these are all guys that are going to push each other, guys that hopefully will play very well together. Kevin Pillar has already been a great addition to the team. Everyone loves him down there in the camp. Good stuff. Well, hopefully uh, hope we'll, we'll get to see him live in action uh, very soon. Oh, yeah. We're, we're spring trying training. To... But when does it, When's the first spring training game? A, couple, a week or two away? I think it's, it's in less than two weeks, I want to say. I'm not exactly sure. You can probably Google it yep. real quick. But, uh, yeah, the f- starts up tomorrow is the first game, actually. Not, oh, really? Not for Red Sox. Red Sox play Saturday against the Rays. But the first tra- – we have a baseball game tomorrow, Rangers-Royals. That, mu- that, that must make you happy. <laughs> it does make me happy. I'm not a big spring training guy. I don't really li- – you know, you can, I can watch, like, the first – couple innings of a spring training game, but then it gets into, like, especially the, the early games. It's all, you know, just getting the prospects in there, yep. getting them, trying to get them some reps. So spring training is definitely exciting because, you know, you see the baseball being thrown and all that. It, and it's, it's getting And moving. it's nice and sunny. Nice and sunny, 80 degrees. 80 degrees. It's, it's definitely a fun atmosphere if you're there. On TV, it's not it's not really my cup of tea after, yep. after like, the third or fourth inning. But it's still, like you said, very exciting. Especially when that first Red Sox game come on, I might have to tune in for that. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, you want to talk about uh, so some stuff going on in the minor leagues? Right, yeah. So we'll touch on this. For a long time, minor league players have been complaining and outspoken. Even major league players have talked about it. The, the minor league pay is, is not good at all. And so they're looking to, to raise this raise the salaries of minor league players next year in 2021. They've been talking about it for years and years. I mean, these guys get paid next to nothing, which, you know, some people argue they should get next to nothing, but, you know, it's a grind down there. These are, they don't have private jets. They don't have, like, charter planes like the guys in the bigs do. They're not getting big clubhouse spreads and for uh, to eat dinner at. They, they're not, you know, they're not having steak dinners every night or anything like that. They're taking six-hour bus trips. When they get back, everything's closed except the gas station. These are these are guys who, like, five days out of seven of the week, they're eating, like, peanut butter and jelly from the gas station or, like, gas station sushi or something like that. They're not living good by any means. They're getting paid, like, max, like, 50K a year. Um, plus, they have to pay for their apartment. They, they even have to, you know, everyone that works in the clubhouse, they have to tip. They're not, they're not getting their jersey washed for free most of the time. They're tipping the guys that do that. They're, even the pitchers tip the, the bullpen catcher and to catch their bullpens. I mean, their money is just flying out the door. They're getting paid nothing, and it's 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 a grind. It's more of a grind than the major leagues. You know, you don't have as good facilities to work out, and it takes a, a big toll on your body to play the same amount of games as a major league and not have the facilities and the resources that major league clubs have. So these guys have been cl- complaining about it for a lot, especially when you're spending, you know, three, four, five years in the minor leagues before – reaching the majors a lot of the most of the guys in the minors you've never even heard of and you never will they're never going to make it um so they're looking to weigh the to bump the wages up between 38 and 72 percent which 72 percent is a huge 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 jump um 
So originally, the original plan to do this was they were going to probably be closer to that 72% increase. And the original plan was to get rid of about 42 of the 160 required affiliate teams. And fans were not happy about this. Uh, players were not happy about this. So hopefully this plan should should not have to do this anymore. But there's still still some worry that with increased wages for all teams, every, like every single level gets an increase. There's still some worry that you know, some teams might have to go. Hmm. But all around, I think this is a great move. Uh, I mean, like, these teams have the money for the most part. These guys deserve to get paid a little bit more. They are professional athletes. Yes. No, I do agree. I agree with you on a... Uh, for the most part, I agree with you. So, hold on. So, there's still th- three minor leagues, correct? Triple, double, and single A? On the surface, yeah, but you know, then there's there's rookie ball, there's short season ball, there, there's a lot of low A ball. So basically, you know, you get drafted, you go to short season, okay, which is for the the college or high school guys that just got drafted, they miss like the first chunk of the season, so they go to short season. They either go to short season or you report to low A ball. There's low A ball, high A ball, single A, double A, triple A, bunch of bunch of little leagues. But for the most part, the 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 big three. Like you said, triple A, double A, single A, and single A is just kind of divided into like short season yep. and stuff like that. So when you say they proposed cutting forty two teams, which you don't think they'll have to do anymore? No, and I'm assuming that means overall they didn't go into much detail in the report. I think they mean from like all levels. Oh, okay, okay. So the where is the thirty eight to seventy two percent pay raise is coming from the pockets of. The MLB teams, right? Because okay, right? Okay, yeah. So the basically, they're like the Paw Sox, for example, AAA affiliate, soon to be the the Woo Sox, <laughs> um, AAA affiliate of the Red Sox, for example. They are they're a separate entity, like business wise from the Red Sox, but they're like connected. And so when, when like a a player goes from AAA to the Red Sox. The Red Sox purchase their contract from the Paw Sox. So it's basically the same way as operating from a major league team to a major league team in the essence that, you know, you're trading them, you're purchasing yep. their contract or trading something for that. Yep. So it's the same like that. The only difference is, like I said, it's like they're affiliated with the team and they have connections with the team. So it's all run by the same, the same people. Like, you know, the general manager still controls of the Red Sox still controls all those minor league moves and everything for the most part but the they have different owners so I mean these owners are still pretty wealthy guys and they still use some money from the major league teams but for the most part each team especially the AAA teams have their own owners so for example the Red Sox owner I don't remember which one but out of the three guys in the ownership Fenway Sports Group one of them Stepped down and bought the Paw Sox. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, th- th- there's so much money in the MLB that. Oh yeah. It probably. I mean, honestly, like you said, the, it's, it's 38 to 70 percent of 50k isn't like an astronomical mm-hmm. number. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it seems it seems very doable with only. I don't know. It, I feel like a a couple a couple million from the MLB. A year to their minor league clubs would be would go a long, long way in upping the 
salaries. It's not like you have to go out and take $10 million from the MLB, right? Right. From so, each MLB team. So here, I just pulled up this article about it. Um, this is based off weekly pay. So for rookies in short season and high A level, or no, just short season, so just the guys straight out of college, guys that just got signed like halfway through the season, their pay is going to go from about $290 to a week to $400 a week. Then Class A is very similar, 290 to 500. Double A will jump from 350 to 600, and Triple A from 502 to 700. That's all on a weekly basis. So, I mean, these guys in Short A and Class A were basically making what you make from minimum wage, yeah. essentially. No, yeah, literally. Yeah. I think that's what uh, some I made some over of the summer. Some of the some of them. Less, right? A, a full week. full-time job is what 40, 42 hours a week, right? Yeah, do it. Yeah, let's say I don't and, know twelve uh, bucks. Like how much? Twelve? Yeah, it's, that's say, that's math. Yeah, like eleven. Let's do like eleven fifty because I think here in Rhode Island it's ten fifty. Okay. Massachusetts is what like it's like I think it's, it's like twelve twelve now. All right, so yeah, it's gonna be go like fifteen soon. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, even with with eleven fifty yep. at a full-time job, the minimum wage would get you four hundred eighty-three dollars a week. So up until up until you're in AAA, you're making less than minimum wage. Right. And most of those most of those guys have to pay other things on top, like you said. Exactly. Like every no one's no one has their own apartment except for the guys that were the first overall pick and get a huge signing bonus. Everyone else everyone else is just, you know, they're rooming with two or three guys. They're they're going to the laundromat. They're doing things that you would do. A lot of the guys in the offseason are waiters and everything. I mean, this is by no means an easy job. No, I mean no, I yeah, honestly, if yeah, if you're in the minor leagues, you're not, you're not doing it for the money. You're you're doing it because yeah. you you either well both you love the game and you right. want you want to hope you hope to make it to the big leagues. Yeah, so like when 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 you sign the contract, you're hoping to make it to the big leagues at the at the end of your career. If you don't make it to the big leagues, you know you get seven years in the minors. You're, you're playing for the love of the game. Yeah, which arguably you know maybe they don't deserve all that money, but I think they deserve. To be paid more than minimum wage. Yeah, no. I mean, these are still guys, especially AAA teams. There's some big followings of AAA teams. The Paw Sox have a big following. I know. Um, I mean, they're moving to Worcester, which is like 20 minutes from me. You should see, like, the project that's going on. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you, there's, there's I don't not know. a real lack of have money you, in the have project. Have you seen McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, one of the nicest minor league yeah. stadiums ever. Uh, it's where my high school played the championship. Um, it gets used a lot. And, and plus, the Paw Sox, they, they have great promotions. A lot of these teams have great promotions that's great for younger fans great for you know families that don't want to spend a hundred dollars on tickets to go see the major leagues you go to a triple a game or even you know a lot of people follow like local the local communities like not necessarily with the paw Sox, that they do have a pretty big following but other teams like uh like the portland sea dogs the other lower affiliate with the red Sox, they have that that community in, in Portland, they're they're always at the games and everything. So I mean, it's not like these teams don't have fans. Some of them, yes, don't, but a lot of these teams are still generating revenue for their towns. So these guys, like I said, they deserve to get paid a little bit more. Not not major league pay, but they deserve to get paid. Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a topic that I mean we, we all agree that they should they should be getting some uh some pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some more pay than they have. Right. Um, so just to, to put it into perspective, Major League Minimum is $563,000. Uh, yeah, 
500,000, basically 560K per year as league minimum for the major leagues. Um, The minimum in a minor league, if you're on, so if you're on like the 40 man roster, you have an option to go to the major league club. The minimum for guys on the 40 man is 46,000. So that's huge, huge, huge drop. So you can potentially, you know, get called up to the majors. You get that major league and you get sent right back down. You get 46,000. That's a huge difference. Yeah, and especially you know a lot of these cities they're not they're not the cheapest cities to live in you know oh like, for sure like, <laughs> yeah even even if you're roaming up with two or three uh, yeah. teammates I mean now like down south they have it a little bit easier it's but much easier. then they they if you know you get the cost of living goes down then all these teams down south have to travel a whole lot longer they have the longer yep. bus rides not as much options to eat all that so it comes and goes no matter where you are yeah. But yeah, so I think this is would be great. Hopefully, they don't have to get rid of major league team, uh, minor league teams. I but raising pay is definitely good. For sure. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's definitely a uh, inter- interesting debate. Um, but hopefully, hopefully there is a change soon. Yeah, and um, it it should take over next year. Oh, okay. So I mean, even individual teams uh, like this article reports that last year the Blue Jays just by themselves independently raised all their minor league pay all their minor league contracts they increased by 50% last year so some teams are putting it upon themselves to to make this happen and make this yep. better so it's definitely going in this direction and hopefully it's a uniform change by next year awesome you want to touch on some cool college things that went viral over the past week definitely yeah so uh i i don't know about you i want to start with the old miss play, the catcher, the strike him out, throw him out play. Yep. Absolutely electric play. Got a lot of attention. Mainly it got attention for the celebration that the infield had. Yeah. No no one really I mean, obviously no not no one, but a lot of people didn't really give the pitcher and catcher the credit, especially the catcher. Um I mean he fired a like a less than less than two pop time from his knees to throw a guy out. So basically what happened Ole Miss was playing the number two nationally ranked team, which I don't remember right now. It will come. I think it was Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yep, it was. So Ole Miss playing Louisville. They won the game on a strike him out, throw him out. So pitcher struck the batter out. Catcher threw the the runner trying to steal out at second. They won the game on that play. The catcher had an amazing throw from his knees, absolute rocket to throw the guy out, beat the guy by a little bit. the infield went crazy, spiked the ball in the dirt, jumped up, sick high five high celebration. Five. The high five was, was oh my the gosh, best it was thing. Awesome. But they're selling t shirts now for the shortstop with the crazy hair. Oh, they're, really? they're doing yeah, they're doing all sorts of things. And that was just awesome. But it, it I think like college baseball is, is electric. Yeah, that's I mean, what it's all about. I mean these guys have fun playing. They're, they're still they're still all young kids. They're they're pretty good. A lot of them could be some minor league teams. Yeah. I mean, you see it. The A lot of teams, especially the big cities like Boston and Philly, um, I think Tampa does it. Pretty much every spring training club, they play a local college. Mm-hmm. I know yep. Bo- Boston yep. plays BC and Northeastern. BC always puts up a little bit more of a fight than Northeastern. But, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not. They're playing not against the big league guys, but they always put up a fight. Yeah. I mean, college baseball is no joke, especially – Top D one teams. Yeah, and you uh, you did not even mention the Ole Miss uniforms that were oh, unbelievable. Ole Miss awesome uniforms. Everything about that powder video blue was great. with the the red accents yep. on it. They're they're awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I loved it. 
So I just thought that should be mentioned. Uh, give the catcher some credit. Give the whole team some credit. I'm sure they all play great. Yeah. But the catcher, great throw. Good for them. Uh, go Ole Miss, Ole Miss baseball gained a couple fans over the weekend. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. all I'll say. Well, my, my heart's still with Vandy baseball. Exactly. But. So you want to talk about <laughs> Vandy baseball, Mike? Yes, yes, I do. Um, so Jack Leader, for, a freshman for Vanderbilt. I know you you looked him up. You have a little bit more information than I do about him. But his debut with Vanderbilt, first pitching appearance. This guy is an absolute stud. Uh, he goes out there, pitches five no-hit innings in his debut. Over five innings, he had 12 strikeouts. Yeah. It's crazy. It, absolutely incredible. And this guy was throwing Chad. Yeah. His off-speed is incredible. Tons of movement, tons of velo. This yeah. guy's so was Yeah, Vandy, Vandy awesome. is obviously uh, number one team in America. Um and year in and year out, they're they're the Duke of right. like what Duke is to college basketball. Vandy is to and college even baseball. even if Vandy isn't the top program, they always have guys. They're they're mm-hmm. along with uh, Arizona State. They they have like the most guys drafted into the MLB. They if they're not a top team, they're still gonna have one or two guys that are gonna be a top prospect in yep. the draft. So they're always looking good. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. So I you actually so his. Uh, Jack's dad is a leader, right? Which at first glance I, I didn't really recognize, but then you look him up. I'm like, oh, I see this guy on MLB Network. He's a former pitcher for yeah. what you said, 19 seasons, 19 something seasons. Like that. He was an all star, all star. So pitching runs in his blood. This guy's blood and Jack Leader's blood. Um, I mean, I yeah. mean, just watching his highlights, it was he was insane. Yeah. So I uh, I did a little research on him because immediately when I saw that. Um, Immediately when I saw that he threw this no right. hit, I mean no, not a complete no hitter, but five, five innings. innings no hit with twelve strikeouts. Right. I was like, well, that's that's eye popping. He must be he must be absolutely legit. Um, so I I did a little research, and this is a tweet from June fourth, twenty nineteen, um, from John Hyman. So uh, Jack Leader from the Del Barton School in New Jersey. Hasn't been picked in the draft because his father, Al, informed teams that he was going to honor his Vanderbilt commitment. He right. already committed to Vandy. Um, so no one drafted him because he was he's going to Vandy. He was not going to the MLB. And so one scout said, in quotes, kid is a stud, would have been a top ten pick easily. Oh, I mean, I can see <laughs> it. This guy's a freshman blowing, blowing this competition out of the water. Like... Tw- 12Ks in five innings is absolutely insane, especially for your debut, especially for a team like Vanderbilt. I mean, this guy, he's going to be something special. Yeah, so top 10 pick before he had this first game. I can only imagine. He's probably the number one pitching prospect on the board at this point for most teams. Um, Or at least, if not number one, he's he's well on his way. Um, And so... Hopefully, I the so the the MLB is uh, it's not like college football where he's got to stay. He can he can leave when after freshman year, right? Mm, he no. can't. You have to wait till junior year. Wow. So so you either can that's get dra- you either get drafted when you're 18, right out of high school, yep. or after your, your junior year of college. Wow. That's I that's interesting. Yeah. That's okay. So now I understand why a lot more guys just do go to the pros. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So. He's gonna have to. He's gonna develop and grow more. So he'll be there for a while, but, right? But I mean, this is a Vanderbilt team that's stacked with pitchers. Last year, in the College World Series, I don't remember what round, but um, Kumar Rocker, this guy, he was he was great. He had another 
uh, great performance. He's been great his whole time in Vanderbilt. I mean, these are this team's stacked with pitchers, and for good reason. So I don't know if I've talked to this with you before, but Vanderbilt's pitching facility is top of the line. It's insane. They they have, you know, you think of Batman. He has the Bat Cave. These guys have. I don't know the exact name for it, but they basically have the pitching cave. It's only only pitchers are allowed, and whoever's catching their bullpen are allowed into it. So only the pitching coach and the pitchers are allowed into it, aside from maybe a couple catchers. They have a whole facility, and this thing is like the size of a football field, just dedicated to pitchers. That's awesome. Um, it's probably one of the biggest sports facilities on campus. Um, you go in there, they have video screens everywhere. David Price went to Vanderbilt, so he openly talked about it. So a lot of these pitchers in the MLB went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt yeah. has developed some of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, Sonny Gray went there. Like I said, uh, David Price. I mean, there's the list goes on. Uh, yeah. Mike Miner. There's so many guys in the MLB that went there. Dylan Batances went there. I didn't know that. There's. Hmm. They just develop great pitchers. Their, their facilities are top of the line. It's it's really, really cool once you research more about it. If you like baseball or you just like sports facilities in general, this is top of the line. It's awesome. Yep. But college baseball, it doesn't get enough credit. It really doesn't. Yeah. The, it's, it's exciting players, especially – I can't wait for the College World Series. It's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a quite a ways off, but it's, it's one of the, some of the most exciting baseball – obviously the most exciting college baseball, but it's right up there with – with MLB is the World College World Series. It's it's awesome to watch. Yeah. Guys love it. Um, yeah. So then, so I also see that you threw on here um, that the NCAA is working on a a change yes. to the transfer eligibility. Right. So basically, it's the same thing. I don't know if it was like this in Mass, but you know, you transfer from a D one high school to another D1, or just you transfer from a high school to a D1 program, you have to sit out a couple games. Yep, yep. Is that the same? Yeah, right. it was, yeah, there was always... Uh, so the same thing happens in college where these guys transfer to another school. Most of them, when you transfer in college and you are on a sports team, you are transferring for that sports team. Yep. So they basically want to, like, penalize you for that, for not sticking with your school. So the change is going to happen. Uh, the NCA committee got together... And they proposed a waiver change for immediate D1 transfer eligibility. So this opens the door for student athletes to compete immediately for new schools. It, this 100% benefits students and the program. So basically, if a guy wants to transfer from Vanderbilt to LSU, he doesn't have to sit out five or how many of her games he has yeah. to sit out. He just goes in and plays right away. Yeah, no, what I think, so I, I totally love that. Um, Actually, the, it's a, isn't it? I think it might be a full season in, in Yes, college. it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, you get so a red shirt, especially in terms of baseball. That's huge. The yeah. older, especially nowadays, the older you are in the draft, the less likely guys are really willing to take you. That baseball wants younger talent, so this is huge for baseball, but for all sports in general. Yeah. The so what I think is um, is that you can. This is a gr- it's a great rule change. Yeah, because I love it a, for both the the player. Um, because if, if they're in a situation that's not good for them, they, sh- they should be able to freely yeah. go and then play again. Um, but I think it should be a one-time thing that you, that you, you can't have guys. Yeah. So if you if you transfer and I then you want to transfer again, then you, you're going to have to sit out. Yeah. And maybe, that way you're not maybe that, yourself. Maybe that is a rule. I don't, I don't think it was. But yeah. 
you shouldn't, I agree, you shouldn't hop around from college to college. You should try to commit to one. If it doesn't work out, then go to the other one and yeah. get a running start there. Exactly. But, but I agree, like, guys that, in all sports, they have to sit out a full season after transferring. I don't, in redshirt, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair, you know? Yeah. Like, you want to get, I know, I think the rule, is the rule just to give the guys that are already there a chance to play, or is it just because you're transferring schools and they want you to focus on your education. Like, I don't know exactly what you have to sit out for. Yeah, I mean, I it's there's got to be a reason. I would assume it's a little bit of a, kind of a mix of all those. Right. Um, obviously, they don't want guys who uh, hop in school to school. Um, and they, they ultimately, they probably want you to stay where you are. They'd rather not, you guys. Right. So we'll see. Uh, but, no, I do think that that, that would be a good change. Um for all sports, not just yeah, baseball. Like, but you see it in the top, top, top money-making sports, college football, when uh, when Jalen Hurts wants to transfer from mm-hmm. Alabama to Oklahoma. Well, that guy is bringing in millions for this whatever program for the NCAA right. as now a he, whole. He gets to go They're gonna right They away. let him do it right and away. honestly, it's I these think... these top quarterbacks, you, you that shouldn't be... If, if no, he can do it... they shouldn't have to sit out. If he can do it, then the kid who's transferring from... Louisiana Lafayette baseball to yeah. Tulsa should be allowed to. Yeah. You and, know? Um, I think, honestly, this rule will benefit. Obviously, it's going to benefit colleges for the players transferring in. But I think it's going to make students think a little bit more carefully about what schools they have to pick for. Be- not, I mean, it might sound weird right off my mouth saying that. but if So I think, you know... If it's going to be easier for guys to transfer in, it's going to be easier for these top players to go to big schools and take your job. I think it kind of adds a little bit more value to these big schools. Yeah. Like, not anyone is going to be able to go play Georgia football, but anyone has a better chance of transferring there. So, right. you know, you're going to think about, you know, am I blocked by this? Am I going to be able to start right away? And I think you're going to think about things you always think about in general. I think you're going to think about it a little bit harder, a little bit more right off the bat. Because right now it's like, you know... Uh, a good example, uh, Tate Martell went mm-hmm. to yep. went to Georgia originally. Went to Ohio Ohio State. State. He went Ohio to Ohio State. State. He was blocked by yep. by Haskins. Yep, and a couple. Yeah, he was like third in line yeah. by the time he got there. But when he first got there, he was like third in line. The next year, he was blocked by Haskins. Yep, transfers to Miami. Miami. Yep. Still blocked. Ended up being a wide receiver. But anyway, if you know, if he didn't have to sit out for. My, wait, did he have to sit out? Um, do you have to wait? Do you have to sit out in football? Yes. I feel like he got started right away. It's not a full season, then, is it? No, no, it is. But the NCAA for football make a lot of they make a lot of exceptions, because, right? So I'm so sure they made that form. the same thing with uh, Jalen Hurts, right? They made an exception for him. Yep. When he transferred yep. to Georgia. Yes. He transferred to Georgia. From, no, he, no, he transferred from from, George, from from Bama to, to Oklahoma. So he took over for. Uh, for Ky- so before him was Baker and Kyler, and right. he was the third. Wait, so who am I thinking? Who is who's the the guy? Oh, Ohio Justin Fields. Justin Fields. So Justin from Fields. Georgia to uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yep. They made an exception for him. Yeah. So the, the if they're already making exceptions, this rule makes sense even more. Right. But in that case, you know, now you don't even have to think about. You don't have to try and make your way through these exceptions. And like I said, you're gonna. I think guys are gonna think harder about. You know who's being blocked. You don't have to. You don't have to plan it out for a year in advance. You can go to a school that has an opening right there, right then, and not try and worry about having to make a case for an exception. You just just go do it. Yep, I think I it agree. makes perfect sense. So yeah, hopefully the NCAA 
gets uh, gets their gets it together, makes that change. Um, but yeah, so I mean, college sports are gonna keep on getting more exciting as they go. I mean, they already had the proposal, and I think they approved it, right? For the, the yeah, they did approve it for the pay in in uh, college sports. Yep. To pay athletes, whether yeah, we'll see that that one's interesting to me, like. That so I think that everybody like the transfer rule should be pretty uh pretty accepted by everyone. Yeah, like it's a uniform among all sports. Mm-hmm. Whereas the pay, yeah. I don't I don't know that you can pay ironing anyone out, aside. Ironing out all the details and that is going to be really yeah. really difficult because eventually I think right off the bat it might be great and all that, but eventually it could lead to a lot of programs disappearing. Mm-hmm. Not. Like in all sports, you know, you're not going to get funding for the the swim team exactly. Like when all the revenues generated by football and basketball, right? You gotta you gotta pay the football and basketball guys, and then that kind of leaves everyone else. Like right, like there's only like like you know Vanderbilt and TCU, but even TCU is dominated by football. Yep. Uh, even so really, even Vandy. Like they're ba- they have a great baseball program, but all their money is coming in from their football program, which is mediocre. But right. still, it's when they, Alabama comes to town and they put seventy thousand people in the stadium, yeah, that's I think more money than the baseball team makes all year. You know, when when this rule proposal first um, came out, I researched into college baseball teams that generate revenue, and I think very very, very few. It was it was actually stunning. How little teams there were. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it's. I think I. I don't know. There's plenty of money in the NCAA. Um, but like you said, it's it is a tricky topic. I almost I almost think that I don't even know that they need to that they really need to get paid. Maybe maybe a little bit here, like a, almost a weekly pay during the season. You can give them. But what I think is like give the guy. Uh, Give these guys all the right to go make money off their likeness. If they can yeah, do that, I think I think that's what that's, the the main purpose of this proposed yeah. proposed change is. You know, they, I'm if, you know how many guys had bought a Zion Duke jersey exactly, and he didn't get compensated for that. Yeah, he could have made he would have made a million dollars as a college player off his likeness. And there's so many guys like that. Uh, look, I uh, I read a story. I think it was a couple months ago. About a uh, Division two golfer who wrote a book, sold it, and then he, he they said he can't play golf because he wrote really? the book and sold it. Which I was like, that's incredible. That is kind of crazy. So I think so stuff like that. I think definitely has to change, especially with that case. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, he, he wrote it about like playing yeah. collegiate golf, so they said that's based on your likeness or whatever. So, but like he said, Division two. Know what I mean? But still, I mean, like that. It's related, but yep. writing a book and you should be able to go yeah. and publish your book and sell exactly. it. Exactly, it's and which he obviously did. You just said he couldn't play golf. <laughs> yeah, you should he, be able to do literally both. Literally, he didn't but play. These guys, I think, this is like I don't. I'd have to look at the proposal again, but I I don't think they should be getting like a weekly pay. But I definitely think you know you should be compensated for how your jersey sales are for your likeness in video games stuff like that. I mean, these guys are generating the majority of money. I think, you know, if I go out and buy a number three Providence Friars jersey, I think David Duke should get a little bit of conversation for that. I agree. I agree. So we'll see. I mean, and with there's there's a lot going on. With sports gambling oh, becoming legalized, that's, that's going to bring in more That's money. going to bring in more, but something I just completely slipped my mind, I completely intended on saying it. I think, 
you know, guys, especially the basketball guys, football guys, even I'm sure a lot of the golf guys get it, a lot of would, would want it. Um, they should be able to sign endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you want, if they, I know it was talked about a lot. If Zion wants to have shoes when he's in college, his own brand, let him have his own yeah. brand. This is a guy that's getting national recognition. He should be able to go out there. Who like just because he's in the NCAA doesn't mean. You shouldn't yeah. have a shoe deal. If it has to go through them, make it go through them. Yeah, no, I But agree. just give him something. Let him, even if you don't give him something, allow it to happen, you know? Yeah. Just because, like, worse comes to worse, they should still be able to have these deals and, like, maybe get compensated as soon as they graduate or something. But right. I've, I've heard that you, even if they get, the, they can get money and they can't, they don't have access to it. If you put it in a savings account, yeah. you imagine when David Duke or say, we'll just use him as an example because we we're talking about him. If David Duke graduated school and then that day he had access to a bank account that had 200, 300 grand in it, that'd be, that. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's an incredible way. I mean, especially for these no guys. No student loans. and Especially for these guys that you know, have every intention of going to the league or yep. going pro. And then it just, unfortunately, either because of injuries or because, you know, just there's guys better out there's there. There's so many there, guys. I a mean, lot it's, of these guys, I mean, not, necessarily, the not necessarily here at Providence, but a lot of these guys are focusing solely on their sports careers and everything. And then, unfortunately, it doesn't work out. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have, like, they didn't put 100% effort into their education. Right, they, right. A lot of them necessarily didn't even go to class. Yep. Like I said, not the case here. Not athlete, the case here. Our they, athletes they are strive themselves here. on going to class. You see them all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it would be helpful for them to, you know, they have experience. This would give them not only not only a little bit of cash in their back pocket and their savings account, but it would give them business experience in the real world, yeah. too. You know, you get to no- negotiate all this stuff and everything. So, I, I mean, we've talked about it. We've got on track a little bit here, yeah. but I, I think, you know, this is a good discussion. It's a good topic to talk about and something that I think in some way, in some shape and form does have to happen. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah, so like you said, we've we've hit on uh, we've hit on a lot college baseball. Yeah, we started there with college baseball. I got yeah. a little off track. So College sports in general. Yeah. College Pro- sports are a fun topic. Yeah, no, they are for sure. It's, it is incredible. Yeah, so we, we hit some Friars hoops, Red Sox, and now some minor league and college baseball. Mm-hmm. Take a take a quick break and then uh, talk some basketball, I think. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You are listening to WDOM 91.3, Behind the Dish with Ben and Robbie. And uh, we'll be back after this. Um, not even to watch, but like some interesting, interesting guys who are they stars? Are they superstars? What are what are they in the NBA? Where do they fall? So let's start with uh, let's start with Zion. So okay. every we already talked about him a little bit in the show uh, because Be- as Ben was saying, he could have he could have been a millionaire before oh, yeah, he even entered college. Definitely had the uh, rules been a little different. So he's he was the number one pick. He plays for the Pelicans and. Uh, the whole first half of the season, he was out with a knee injury. Right. Um, I mean, the Pelicans were – there were reports that they were teaching him how to walk different, how to run, as if the number one pick in the country – or in the one of the best players in the in the world doesn't know how to run. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, well, so maybe yeah. he doesn't. I mean, constantly hurting his knee or his ankle. I mean, this guy – this is a dude who in college – his shoe fell off and he hurt his ankle. He broke his shoe at one point. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable. He's massive. Yeah, I mean he weighs like two eighty five. I, I think so. Before you talk about basketball, Zion needs to lose some weight. I don't think so. I think he's all, he's so much muscle. 
Yeah, but he's he can't be all muscle. He's pretty close. I mean, he's look. I've looked at it before. I've I've looked into it just just for my own personal interest. Yep. I mean, he's listed pretty much exactly the same. He's actually listed shorter in the NBA than he was in college, but um, his weight is exactly the same. But you look at a side by side Duke versus Pelican Zion. He he put on a little. His face is a little chubbier. That's all right. I mean, no, it's fine. But I mean, I feel like he can't have the same playing style and like be this heavy. I don't know. I've been I've been seeing. I mean, you look at you look at a ton of guys in the league that have similar styles to Zion. Like LeBron this year just got in crazy. I mean, he's always been in crazy shape, but he dropped weight this Mm -hmm. year. Other guys like that. Um, I think I think Russell Westbrook did maybe. Uh, you know, but like LeBron is the big big guy. He he's notably. Slimmer this year, yeah, and I think Zion should take a little note. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough point from you. Um, but I, all right, so he just he's I think he's probably played only about ten games. Yeah. Um, I mean, no doubt in my mind, he, he when he's played, he's been amazing. Yeah. So he's played about ten games. He is averaging. He's a rookie, by the way. Twenty-two points, eight rebounds, two assists. But he's only he's only playing because obviously they're trying to work him back slowly. Right. He's only playing like twenty five minutes a game and he's putting up those numbers. So I I think that I will the whole time I've been uh I've been a that he's he is the real deal. He's gonna be uh he's he's gonna be a transcendent player in the game right. and in the NBA. Um so I we'll see. His jump shot looks a lot better no, than it did I, at Duke. I think he is the real deal. I think he's going to continue to grow and improve. I think though, it's just his health is the only question that yep. really decides that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see. I I personally I hope that the uh, that the Pelicans can make a uh, can make a real run at this come um, come the playoff time. So right now I think that they would be in the playoffs. Um, but it's it, the West is the toughest. Oh, so they wouldn't be. They're the, they're eleventh right now. Yeah, I, I, gonna, I was going to say I, I didn't I didn't think game. they were in the playoffs because so Brandon Ingram is also on the Pelicans and he's he's had a great year. He has. Um, so between him, getting Zion back, they've got a they've got a jump. The grit they've got oh they've got a, they've got a long way to go. So we'll see. They got to jump the Spurs. The Blazers and the Grizzlies, who the Blazers I'm going to talk about next when we get to Dame, right. Damian Lillard. So we'll see. I I would it would be great to see the Pelicans in the playoffs with Zion. That's for sure. Um, but right now, like I said, they're 23 and 32. They're going to need a real push here coming down the stretch. They sure are. Um, but that they still have 25, 20, 25 to 30 games to go. So you figure if they can. Uh, a winning record in there, they might need even even more than a winning record. So we'll see. They might need to uh, have like. Yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't. Good it's though. definitely not looking good. But um, yeah, Zion. I think that I think that next year. Um, well, even the second half of the season, I think that he's going to be a, a top twenty player in this league, in a league full of absolute guys. I mean, there's just so many people in the league right now who are who. Are superstars? You really? There's oh, yeah. No other way to put it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Zion playing as well. It's incredible for the game. Um, he's he's the most fun player to watch in the NBA, especially for the non hot take for the for me he's not, but for the non basketball okay, yeah. enthusiast, I can see that it's he's must watch TV. I can see that. 
Yeah, so next, let's talk about Damian Lillard. Who big, for big, me, big season for him. Who for me might be the most fun to watch, with the exception of Steph Curry. Um, so Damian Lillard has had a year, not even a year. They the Blazers got off to a bad start. Um, so actually, I mean, I they're just still mentioned not it. playing great. Man. No, they're still not. But they are currently ninth in the West. Obviously, you got to be eighth in the West to get into the playoffs. I think I'm. I'm not worried at all. I think they're going to get in. I feel like a lot of there, there's a lot of teams that make the NBA playoffs. Yeah, it's eight from each. Sixteen teams. Sixteen out of the uh, out of the thirty. So yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, you have like more than half borderline below five hundred teams making the playoffs. Yeah, you got to be right. Five hundred pretty much will get you in. That's, you got to be a couple games above five hundred. That's kind of crazy. Part. So wait, you said the top the top eight teams, right? Yep, top eight from the east I mean, and the west. In the eight, I mean, in the east, the the Nets and the Magic are both below five hundred, and they're getting in. Hmm. Yes, well, the East is definitely weaker than the West this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right now the Magic are significantly below 500 and yeah. they would be in. But back back to Damien. Yeah, so back we'll go. We'll hop over to the East in a little bit. Yeah. So the uh, the Blazers are 25 and 31. But, yeah, they didn't get off to a good start this year at all. No, they did not. Um, but neither neither did Damian Lillard. Him, like, as a, on a personal level, uh, he did not. But now he's hurt. No, not hurt. Um, but he missed All Star Weekend this past weekend with a groin injury. So right. um, it's, it's, when I say hurt, it's not. It's not going to no, be a long term. He's probably, like day to day. Probably he probably could have played through it. Just you know, didn't want to. With yeah, the, exactly. Didn't want to risk anything. Right. It's an All Star game. It's that's not something that you go out there. Exactly. Doing. Exactly. But he, Damian Lillard, is having an incredible year. He's averaging twenty nine point five points. Wow. So pretty much thirty points. Uh, four and a half rebounds, eight assists a game. That is, but and that was with getting off to a bad start. So let me go. That he had a run uh, coming down the stretch here. That is pretty much unmatched. It's it has it really hasn't been matched. At one point, these were his point totals consecutively. 34, 34, 61, 47, 50, 36, 48. Wow. And in those games, his assist totals were 10, 6, 7, 8, 13, 11, 10. It's just an all-around great player. For a three-week stretch, he was the best player in the NBA. That's crazy. That's a pretty um, long time to be that good, too, especially for a guy that's not, you know, I mean, obviously a big name in the league, but yeah. not like... He's not LeBron. But he's not He's not a name that comes to your head right away, especially not being uh, an avid basketball fan. I mean, yeah. you don't think of him right away. The guys you think of right away, obviously LeBron, Giannis, mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You think of those guys right away. No one's really coming up with Damian Leonard right right yeah. out of their mind. You yeah. think of Kawhi and all those guys. Yep. But, I mean, he obviously he should be in that conversation. Yeah, so those are kind of my two guys from the West that I kind of had highlighted coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and both their teams are on the playoff bubble outside looking in right now. Um, so I, I hope that they can both jump in um, because like well, da- I think that da- well, Damian Lillard provides the fireworks when he gets into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Game winners. He's he's built for he's he's built for that those moments. He needs to get back on the court. So uh, I the NBA resumes tonight from the All Star break. Uh, so I assume that most teams play tonight. I would assume that the Blazers do. 
so hopefully they can get a win tonight and get uh, get going in the right direction as we come down the stretch here in the NBA season. You want to see him in those playoffs. Exactly. That I can also guarantee you that the commissioner, Mr. Adam Silver, wants to see him in the playoffs too oh, yeah. because uh, he, do, he does drive eyeballs. Not so much for the... Uh, for the fair weather NBA fan, but for the for the NBA fan, yeah, for sure, he's uh, he's sure. prime time. So now we'll hop over to the East. Yeah, next um, up on the list, you got Jason Ta- Jason Tatum. Yeah, my guy. so I want to talk about Tatum. So obviously, we're both Celtics fans. Oh yeah. Um, right now they're third in the East, but I think I do think they're gonna jump the Raptors. They're only two games back of the Raptors. I, I definitely think they can. Uh, yeah, they're four. They're so the Raptors are at forty wins. We're at thirty eight. I mean, I haven't kept up with the uh, the season a tremendous amount. I've I've been watching it here and there. I mean, keeping up. with like the real news, but the Celtics they've been they've been playing hurt a lot, right? They've yeah. had a good amount of injuries. Yeah, so Kemba and, and their Kemba's team their their team goes out there without their top guys and performs. So yeah. I think, you know, once once everyone's hundred percent for a, a good stretch of time, we'll, they'll have no problem jumping those Raptors. Yeah, exactly. Um so they they played the Raptors they played the Raptors a couple times or more than a couple, I think a few. Um they played them on opening day. They won at the garden. Uh, they play them Christmas. So I'm I'm only gonna recall the ones that I can like remember off the top of my head. Then right. they play them on Christmas Day, when they blew them out yeah. up there at Toronto. to 102. Yeah, they uh, they handed it to them. So I I do think that they'll pass them um, pass them at some point. But even if they don't, it's not a huge deal. No. Two the two the first three seeds, not the end of the world. But you would want to meet the Bucks in the conference finals opposed to the. The quarterfinals, or not the right. quarterfinals, the uh, the semifinals. But yeah, Tatum, Tatum's been playing great. Another another Duke yeah. guy right there. Yep. So yeah, oh yeah, Duke, Duke, uh, Duke, Duke just Duke turns them out. Them out. Yep. Like we <laughs> like we said, they are uh, they're what Vanderbilt is to the MLB, Duke is to the NBA. Oh yeah, the, the Tatum's been playing awesome. Yeah. Uh, obviously, an all star, just really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, especially from not an avid basketball fan, you you turn on the game, you focus on Tatum, it's always something exciting. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's what I was going to say. So he is, uh, he's averaging 22, 22, almost 23 a game. Um, but it's not so much that because, there, like you said, there's so many guys on this team. Despite the injuries, we've still had a great year. Um, so it might not, there's, we have, I think, Gordon scored 30. Tatum scored there. Well, Tatum scored thirty a lot uh, right. this year, but Gordon Gordon scored thirty. Tatum scored thirty. Jalen scored thirty. Kemba, Marcus Smart. We got five, six guys who could put up thirty on any night. And you, you, and put so, them all, you put them all together. You put them all healthy, together. It's right. Great. Exactly. But also that kind of Tatum stats of only putting up twenty two is like. That might not match up to a Devin Booker, who's the only one on his team, or Bradley right. Beal, but. Um, it's the efficiency that he puts that up yeah. with. He does it on. He's shooting forty four percent from the field, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, he's he's been coming into his own. Might be a little biased here. I think he's I think he's already a top fifteen player in the entire league. I mean, he's in my eyes, he's definitely a top twenty. So yeah, for sure. So it's not a stretch to say he's a top no. fifteen. He's. I think he's what he's like. 21 years yeah, old? Yeah, he's 21 he's years 21. old. He's, he's going to be, I mean, if, yeah. if not now, by next year, he's going to be in the top 15 and not the top 10. Yeah. I mean, he's only going to get better, and he's already proven that he's a great player. I mean, right. an all-star, he won the, the skills competition last year. Yep. He's, he already has impressive things. I mean, he played great in the playoffs last year. 
very exciting to watch. Yeah, so. no. I mean, you're, he's a guy that at some point you could see him leading the league in, oh, in scoring, yeah. being a top five player in the league. And uh, I, I hope, I hope it all happens in Boston. I do too. Um, but yeah, so we'll see if the Celtics can make a real run at things. They get back from their All Star break tomorrow when they take on the Timberwolves, who are struggling out west. But they made some moves recently. Uh, they just got D'Angelo Russell from the. Uh, from the Warriors when they traded Andrew Wiggins. Right. So uh, that's a new look team without Wiggins, who they've had for a while now. But, uh, yeah, so Tatum. I love Tatum. We love Tatum. Um, just We just wanted to uh, wanted to mention him. And then, so this one, this one. Uh, so in the West, we got two guys who are on teams look from the outside looking in. Right. And then the East, we're going to talk about two guys who are atop the standings. Looking down. Right. So... Now we're going to hop over to Giannis. Who, okay, so Giannis, obviously top, top two, top three player in the league. I think by the end of the season, he can be regarded as the top player in the NBA. Yeah, so I think, sp- I think that you could make a fair argument for like five guys, but those, in those five, that includes Kevin Durant, who's out for the season, right. and Steph no, Curry, who's so, out for the season. So realistically, you're down to three. Right, LeBron, he's LeBron Giannis, Giannis, and Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah. So, so I, I, think, I think if the Bucks go far in the playoffs this year, that he will be regarded as the top player in the league. Yeah. I think it will go like one him, two LeBron, three Kawhi. And then Steph and KD have to prove when they come back. Right, right. So, uh, right here, Giannis is averaging 30 points a game, which is just, of course, that's ridiculous. And But almost more ridiculous, 13 and a half rebounds a night. Um, and then he's, and six assists. He's, all around, he's, uh, he's, he's really, re- it's incredible the, how strong he is. He's more of a, Athletic specimen than LeBron. Yeah, I mean, let, let's take LeBron's uh, stats compared to the Giannis's right now. You have Giannis at a thirty points per game. LeBron's at twenty five. LeBron's at seven, about about eight about rebounds. Eight. Giannis, Giannis is, is at thirteen and a half. Yeah. Uh, LeBron has more assist average, about eleven. Wow, Giannis that's at six. That's impressive. That's impressive. That's really that shows like LeBron's that's changing his game. What does that rank in the league? First, really, LeBron's yeah. first in the league in assists. That shows. It's I mean, actually the, aside from points per game, it's the only thing he's top ten in the league at. Wow, interesting. So um, yeah, so I mean, not to say. I mean, he obviously all around it makes him into a tremendous player. I think I still think obviously he's up there, but just in comparison, that shows how good Giannis has been, and kind of in my opinion proves my point on why I think he's going to leap over LeBron and take that top spot. Yeah, and Giannis Giannis has led his team to the best like record in the league oh, yeah. um by a fair margin. So the Lakers they're both the one seed. The Lakers are the one seed out west, but they're 41 and 12. Where the Bucks are the one seed in the east. They're at 46 and 8. Um so yeah, Giannis is Giannis is incredible. Um and just to, to compare him to Kawhi, I mean Giannis, 30 points. Kawhi, 27. Uh, Kawhi with less rebounds, less assists, less points per game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in my mind, it's really no question if Giannis can just prove that he can perform, continue to perform in the playoffs because he did perform last year. If he can just be that 
a dominant playoff player, dominant player in general. I think, no question, next year we're going to be looking at Giannis as the number one player in the league. Yeah, so I'll just uh, LeBron. It's, you got to you got to win. You got to win something before you yeah, can pass LeBron. I agree. And even even Giannis now, or not Giannis, Kawhi now has uh, two cha- two right. championships, two Finals MVPs. So let me let me ask you this. Thing. So Giannis is Giannis has got to make the finals before we can right. even uh, so start talking. So let me about that let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If now let's say Giannis makes it far in the playoffs, but doesn't doesn't win, but neither so if they just make it farther than the Lakers in general, does that in your opinion put him in front of LeBron? No. Or does he have to no. win it all? I think I think. Um, well, I do. I don't know. The LeBron might not make the finals. The West, even though they're they're the best team in the West right now, that is a conference full of teams. The Clippers with Kawhi, they're right behind them. Um, and Paul George once he gets healthy. But I think that for Giannis to pass LeBron, I really do think he's gonna he's gotta win. He's gotta he's win, gotta win the, the title. I think. Right. Um, because I mean, if he's got he's got at very least he's gotta make it. And then, if then you, you gotta almost make it to at least seven for me even to debate it because you lose four two it's like well he didn't even have a chance really. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean I got nothing but respect for Giannis. It's laughable that he could have been wearing a Boston Celtics uniform. We took <laughs> Kelly Olynyk two picks before Giannis got drafted. Don't get me going on that. Yeah, but not. I mean that no I mean obviously no one sees Giannis becoming this. Um, Clearly, the fourteen teams who picked ahead of him didn't. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's at, he's the most probably he might be the most fun player to watch. It's just so I every guy that I, I see, I'm like, well, he he's is. more fun than the no, last. In my opinion, he is. I think, especially, I think in general, he can be the most fun to watch. But looking at looking in from an outsider's perspective, I think, like you said, Zion is so fun to watch. I think Giannis, in some ways, is just a more you know, precise, more defined uh, Zion. Yeah. No, honestly, yeah. Um, and then it's it, the NBA. Uh, and it, he's a global player. He's he's not from America. He's from right, Greece, so that cool. helps. Um, exactly. So right, it's his. He's uh, he's from Greece, and his parents are from Nigeria. Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So he's uh, got a lot of perspective right there. Exactly. And so, and he's he's was just the All Star captain for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Um. Lost to Team LeBron, but that was an amazing game. Um, but yeah, so it, he and it seems he's he's re, he is a really 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 likable guy. I don't know anyone who, and even from the players that that I've never heard someone say like a real bad thing about him. Um, aside from you know as a, as a person, you know. So I mean, he's he's a he, the NBA is in a good spot with him at twenty five years old. Leading the way, and then you got guys like Luca and Trey Young who are even younger, right under there. Right. Um, yeah. So the NBA, it's gonna be, it's going to be a really, really, really fun couple of couple of weeks coming up, couple months. Honestly, the, we got the home stretch starting tonight, um, with a lot of teams who have a chance to win the finals. You never between the East probably has the Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics could all win it in my opinion. Um, Maybe even the Sixers if they get hot. So we'll say there's four teams in the East, but then the West you got the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Rockets. There's there's teams there's teams everywhere who can win it. The Lakers. So we'll see. Um, 
I think there's, there's probably eight teams, seven or eight teams who have a shot to win this win this thing. Hopefully the Celtics can do it because Ben, like we were talking about it a little while ago, we got to get to a parade. It's, oh, it's been too long. It's been like a, yeah, it's been like right. a year, so, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, been, it's been way too long, man. Way too long. Yeah, no. I, I mean, if the, the Celtics got to get there, but if they don't, I mean, high hopes for the Bruins, man. Yeah. Oh, that we we're neither one of us are huge hockey guys, well, but uh, hockey. Let me tell you. Hockey parade would be electric. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of fun. Yep. You got that. You hit that right on the head. And they, uh, the Bruins won last night in overtime. Um, well, let's. Get, I'll give a quick Bruins update. Uh, I think that they're they're number one still in the uh, in the East. Yep. They're number one in the East. Four game winning streak. But the Lightning are on an eleven game winning streak yeah, the, right well, behind the, them. The Lightning. The Lightning are always a good team. They've they've been in the playoffs for a long time in a row now. And they've been performing great. So, I mean, I think the Bruins have a really good chance. I, I think they have a good chance of making it far in the playoffs. And if, if they can get to the Stanley Cup, I think they have a great chance of winning it. I mean, they were there last year against the Blues. Arguably should have won that. They just played really bad in the Stanley Cup. It was honestly yeah. frustrating to watch. I watched every game of it. It was not yeah. it was not a fun Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup if you're a Bruins fan. But I think this year, you know, get a little redemption. Get a little little fire under you. Maybe, you know, get a little revenge. Yeah. Go take the cut back. I agree. So let's let's bring some uh let's bring some parades back to Boston. We got oh, yeah. we're gonna have a couple chances here between the Celtics and Bruins. Yeah, so yeah. uh so we'll see. I don't have anything else. You got anything else you wanna add for the show today? No, I just, just good luck to the Friars Saturday. Yep. Um Get ready. Spring training baseball is coming. The NBA is back. A lot of good Second stuff half. in the sports world. Sports world is really starting to pick up again. So um, thank you to all to who listened, and thank you to our caller. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Come, Thanks for supporting the show. Make sure to catch Robbie and uh, me, Robbie and me, and Sam Pocock on Tuesday, and then catch us again next week. We'll be back. So thanks to all who listened. I hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll be back next week. This has been Behind the Dish on WDM 91.3 PC Radio. Thank you, guys.